Hey guys, welcome to Keys Vineyard. If this is your first time joining us in person or online, my name's Doug and I just want to welcome you. Thank you so much for checking out Keys Vineyard. If you've been coming for a while, hey, happy Resurrection Weekend to all. It's a great time to be at church this weekend. Uh, this is when we usually give you some announcements, so I'm going to hook you up with those. May 1st, after the 11 o'clock service, we'll be having our newcomers lunch. So if you like it here at the Vineyard and you keep joining us, make sure you check that out. We'll have some light refreshments. You'll get to meet the staff and hang out. It's a great time. That's May 1st, after the 11 o'clock service. One more youth will be meeting May 4th. That's a Wednesday. That's our meeting for 7th through 12th graders. They have a great time. Uh, we're going to have a fun game. We'll have some worship, message. Uh, we almost always order pizza for that. So if you're uh, in the 7th to 12th grade range or you have kids that are in that age range, you'll want to check that out. In February, I think we did our first ever family fun night. We're bringing that back in May. May 11th, starting at 5.30, we'll set up our bounce houses. We'll break out the human foosball arena. That's going to be a great time for families to come on over. The food truck will be open. We'll have some hot dogs out there and some other treats. May 11th, starting at 5.30. That's a Wednesday evening. It's a great time. Uh, bring your families, invite your friends. Come on over. Also, guys, we do have an app, the KVC app. You can find it on the Apple Store, Apple App Store, I should say, and the Google Play Store. Uh, that's available. Download it. If you've already downloaded it, you know, give it a five-star review. Tell your friends about it. Share it. You can check out services. You can stay up to date on events here at the church. There's all sorts of other cool stuff. Download that app. It's Resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Weekend. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Welcome, those of you joining us online. We're getting ready to go. We've had a great morning. And it's going to be better now that you're with us. And uh, we'll have a great time in worship. Then we'll be looking at John chapter 20 together, talking about Jesus. Go figure. But anyway, get your Bibles and get comfortable. Maybe grab a coffee, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter, We're so glad to see all your faces and hear all your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you in celebration this morning. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know, don't, don't yet know. Wow. Can't stand it when that happens. That happens to me a lot. I just need to stop and reset. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> goo goo gaga. Restarting. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we will have our time of worship, and we've just had such a wonderful worship atmosphere this weekend. So we're looking forward to doing it with you after worship. Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them off to Sunday school. Teenagers, uh, that's uh, middle and high school, you guys are staying with us today. Because uh, a lot of our staff are down here helping out with stuff. So stay down here. Hang out with us grown-ups. Yay. Well, younger kids will be coming back down soon anyways. After which, Pastor Steve will be preaching a bit about Easter. And then we'll have one more song planned. But before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? 
You are most welcome here. We thank you for all that you're already doing in our hearts and our lives, Papa. And as we celebrate the lengths that you went to, to restore us to your family. Soften our hearts, ready our ears, and Papa, help us to draw closer to you. We love you so much. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, you have conquered death through your only son, Jesus Christ, and open to us the gate of eternal life. Give us your grace to set our minds on things above so that with your continual help, our lives may be changed now and forever. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Duck. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord, and the table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst on this Resurrection Sunday. We'll see the words pop up on the screens. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Hallelujah. He is our living hope. Jesus Christ 
giving up his life The darkest day in history They're on a cross made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned Final breath and it was finished But not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake up And the veil was torn Yeah A sacrifice was made As the
grateful for this time of worship in your presence, God. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Happy Easter, guys. So excited. Oh, my goodness. Well, our story today from the Bible, right, is the most important story ever. Okay? Very important. Yay! (laughs) Yes! And our story comes from the book of Mark, and Mark is one of four books that tell us all about what Jesus did when he lived here on earth. And we are on Mark chapter 16, and Jesus has died and been placed in a tomb. And, yes, he's been placed in the tomb, and his friends, Mary and her and the other Marys, two other Marys, right? So there's three now. They want to go see the tomb. They want to take care of Jesus. It's really early on the third day after Jesus has died, and they're bringing spices to put on his body. And as they're walking towards the cave, guys, to the tomb, they're thinking about the big stone that's on, that's right there, right? And they're wondering, who's going to move the stone for us, Right? But when they get there, they get a big surprise. The, the stone has been rolled away, right? I know. And they go in and they see a man dressed in white sitting there. He's an angel and they are scared. An angel, I know. And then Mark, yes, angels are our friends, yes. Mark, in Mark 16, verse 6, it says, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed, right? You are looking for Jesus from Nazareth. He was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. And they looked. And did they find anything, guys? No. 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 Was Jesus there? Yeah. No. No. Good job. (laughs) No, Jesus was not there, right? Yeah, the Jesus wasn't there, right? It was a miracle had happened, guys. Jesus had risen from the dead. And the angel told the women, tell the disciples, right? Go, run, tell the disciples about what's happening. And that Jesus is going ahead of them to the city of Galilee, just like he told them. And the woman ran. Yes, ma'am. Yes, good job, Margaret. Awesome. Yes, some people did not like Jesus. That's what happened. Yes. So, guys, just like the angel told Mary this news, it's the it's true for us too. Jesus died for our sins, right? And he rose again and he is alive. And God, right, he raised him from the dead to prove that he is the son of God who saves us, right? Yeah, very important. All right. You guys ready to help me with the Bible verse? We're all going to say it together nice and loud. You ready? 
And yes, when we're praying, we'll close our eyes. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Okay, Mark 16, 6. Mark 16, 6. Be careful, okay? But the angel said. But the angel said. We're all going to say it together, okay? We're all going to say it together. It's okay. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus. You're looking for Jesus. Of Nazareth. Of Nazareth. Who was crucified. He was crucified. Very good. He isn't here. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. He is risen from the dead. Very good. Look. Look. This is where they laid his body. This is where they laid his body. Excellent job, boys and girls. Yes, you did so well. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. After they get their stickers, Pastor Georgina will pray for them, and then we'll send them off to Children's Church. I'm thinking there might have been some sugar consumed yes. this morning. Just a thought. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I keep giving my stick away. Oh, thank you. All right, guys. So now we're going to pray, okay? Do you, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Oh, that was for you. I'm sorry. Okay. Here you go, baby. You can get a sticker. Okay, good job. All right, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Ready? Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for sending Jesus to save us from death and sin, Lord God. I pray, Father, that the little ones will know Jesus as their Lord, as their Savior, as the one who watches over them and cares for them, Lord God. And we will be there for them for always and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, can I have one of those stickers? Thank you for coming, children. So happy to spend this day with all of you. Go have fun. There's got a lot of fun stuff back in the classrooms. Very cool to see you all here. We're checking to see what stickers they got. She's a collector. Have fun. Youth group and, and middle school, you're staying with us today. So, yeah, sorry about that. All of our workers are got to come back on stage in a minute, do some more music. So, but I won't talk all that long. We're very glad you're with us. Welcome everyone here to the vineyard. Great to be celebrating Easter with you. On Easter, what we do is we celebrate that Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. And that's... Uh, what it's all about. And, and also welcome to all of you online. We're so glad to have you with us as well as we press in here at our 11 o'clock service. Um, just a quick note, at the end of this service, so when, when I'm done and then we're going to do one more song before we go, it's going to be cool. Um, and at the end of that song, I'll be back up here, we'll be back up here. And we're going to do something that the church is doing all over the world today when they meet. Uh, and that's this, that I'm going to say, He is risen. And you're going to respond, he is risen indeed. I'm going to say it a second time a little louder, and you'll respond again a little louder. He is risen indeed. Very good. I'm going to do it a third time. When I do that one, I'll actually turn my mic off. I'm going to go all in with any voice that I have left. And uh, I want you to do the same. Let's just wake up the neighborhoods and let everybody know what it's all about. Okay, so now you know your part. That comes at the end of the service, and uh, you've got that. So... Another thing that we do here all the time, if you're uh, a guest, I tell really bad dad jokes. 
He's on, not lying. I'm not lying. On purpose, I look for bad jokes. That's what dad jokes are all about. I have two for Easter. It does. They're terrible. Easter's very busy, right? A lot of things happening, a lot of preparation. What's the best way to make Easter easier? I don't know, honey. How? Put an I where the T is. Hang on. It gets worse. There's a follow-up. How does Easter end? I don't know, honey. Why don't you tell us? With an R. Very good, dear. He'll, he'll be here next week in case you guys want Anyway. Let's shift our focus, shall we? And press into Papa before we read the word together. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come and gather together and worship you. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing for us in our lives. Lord, I pray today that as we think about our risen Savior, we would be able to say like Mary Magdalene when she was greeted at the tomb who she mistook for a gardener, Lord, and it was you, you said her name, and then she knew. And she ran back and she said to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Father, I pray that today we can say that. We have seen the Lord and he is risen. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but didn't go in. And then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. <clears throat> oh, I thought Mike was off. Sorry. I did it backwards. So cool to be here. Thanks for coming. So with that passage in mind, I want to talk about three well-known symbols of Easter. I want to talk about the cross, I want to talk about the grave clothes, and I want to talk about the tomb. And so that's what we're going to do in the short time that we have together. And let's start with the cross. Uh, and, and you know, that's really the, the big central thing this whole weekend, right? The, the cross and that Jesus defeats death and rises again. That's what we're celebrating but what's going on with the cross? Why did, the, why did that have to happen? What's, what's, how does that fit into the bigger story? What's it all about uh, as we look? And so as we talk about 
the Easter story. I want to make sure that we know the whole story as we press in. Now, to this end, Jesus came. He was going to go and deal with sin at the cross. It was a big deal. When the, John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so they, this, this was what Jesus was called to do and why he was going to do it. But, but what does that mean? What's happening? And, and why does he need to come? So let's just kind of make sure we got the whole story and go back to creation just for a minute. And remember, at creation, what God does is when he creates the planet, he creates a place where he can dwell with us. That's God's heart. He wants to dwell with people. Just when you read the story, you see that that's the heart of God. That's how he wants to do things. And he creates this amazing planet, and the planet is good, and he makes this one spot on the planet called Eden, and that's perfect. And that's where he first places us. That's where we're going to hang out. And we're made in the image of God. We're image bearers. And what that means is that we are going to show the world the love of God and we're going to reflect the praises of the world back to God. That's one of the things we'll do as a royal priesthood. And we're also going to go and we have vocation. We partner with him and, and we're to be fruitful and multiply and go and we're going to rake, make the rest of the planet like Eden. That's the plan from the beginning. That's the heart of God. That's what he wants to do. Come on, we're going to do this together. It's going to be awesome. And, and so we're given authority to go and do those very things. But he does say this one thing. Listen, I want you to choose if you're going to do it my way or if you want to do it your own way. And so there's this one tree that's there. And stay away from that tree. It's not good for you. It will lead to a bad end if you go to that tree. Well, and most of you know that part of the story is that deceived, our ancestors go and take fruit from that tree that they were never supposed to take. It was their way of saying, God, we don't want to do it your way. We want to do it our way. We want to be like God. And so they think that's going to happen. And that doesn't happen. It has the opposite effect. When they take from that tree, two powers are introduced into the world that weren't there before. The power of sin and the power of death. And those things change everything. Everything is wrecked kind of at that moment. And the enemy has dominion over sin and death. And he's sort of the Lord of those things, and things come under his dominion. So the world is a mess. But God never gives up on his desire to partner with us, to fellowship with us, and to make a difference here on the planet. So, so in comes this or sort of other story. It's the same plan, but now we're going to come at it a different way. And he keeps picking people to represent him. And unfortunately, like all of us, we make bad choices. So ultimately, he makes a covenant. And he's going to come and live this life, the perfect life that we couldn't. He's going to do it in our place. He's going to be the faithful one to do that. And so at the point in history that we're celebrating now, Jesus arrives, fully God, fully man. He arrives on the scene. And he's going to do what it takes to deal with those two powers that entered the world, the power of sin and the power of death. And so at the cross, he deals with the power of sin. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you read about eternal life, we have a tendency, I think, to think of that as something way off in the distance, that eternal life part. But you could read that, the power of life. That's what it is. That's the, 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 the amazing power of God of life enters the scene in Jesus. And, and the power of life is enough to overcome the power of sin and the power of death. And so Jesus comes as the power of life, and he willingly goes to the cross 
on our behalf. And always remember this too. You could read the stories and you could think, well, maybe it was the jealousy of the Pharisees that put him on the cross or it was the betrayal of Judas that put him on the cross. But the reality is our sin is what puts Jesus on the cross. Now, he comes and does that for us. But never forget that part. It's because we made a bad choice and said we want to go our own way. And so Jesus is going to come and he's going to make it so we get a new choice. Look what Paul says in Colossians 2, 13 and 14. When you were dead in your sins, that was us, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. There's an image there I want you to hang on to. But what Jesus does is, is he, in, in going and giving his life for us, all of that mess of sin is nailed back to the cross, nailed back to a tree. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But as he does that, what Jesus accomplishes for us is there at the cross by dying in exchange for us. He, and he dies there on the cross. Uh, he defeats the power of sin. He, the sinless Jesus, is the one and the only one who could go and be the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice that dealt with the hold that the enemy had on us in sin once and for all forever. And so that's really cool, and that happens at the cross. But it doesn't finish there. It's this whole sort of weekend of events that's going on that we need to hang on to. So the next thing that I want to talk about is the grave clothes. And so Jesus has died, and these two Pharisees who secretly followed Jesus, they ask for his body, and they bring all of the things necessary to prepare him for burial in the tomb, and all these linens and all the spices. Uh, and, and so it says later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders. And with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. You can go back and look at John 3 and find all out Nicodemus. And Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, and taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. And this was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. So these guys come and they prepare the body of Jesus. Now, here's what I'm thinking would happen because... John is writing this account, and he's an eyewitness to these things. He's writing in a first-hand way. He was there. We know that. He was kind of hanging off, but he was there watching these things. And I would think that when the grave clothes arrive like that, it just sort of takes away any hope that they'd ever had. See, it was just a week ago when they were so excited because Jesus, who they figured out was Messiah, was entering Jerusalem, and they were sure that what he was about to do was overthrow the Romans and to set Israel back up into the way they were during the time of King David and the other kings. And they, they just knew that's what he was going to do. And even though he kept telling them that's not what's going to happen this time, they couldn't hear it at the moment. But when their Jesus is arrested and goes to those mock trials and then is beaten and tortured and ultimately crucified and died, I just think it's sort of a picture of, of the destruction of hope at that moment. And... I can't even imagine it. I know we, we sometimes try and sort of think about what it must have been like. You know, we'll go on Good, Good Fridays and we'll try and really reflect about how it must have been. Now. But we know what they don't know is that we know that it was Friday, but Sunday's coming. So it's hard for us to kind of hang in there. But what must it have been like? 
to see this one. You know, Jesus had, wow, they'd been with him for three years and they'd watched his power and people's lives changed and they, could, they knew that he, was, he could do these amazing things and now he's dead. And so they're not sure what to do and they, they kind of, they don't go too far but they, I just can't even imagine all, all of Saturday. I can't even imagine what that was like and what they were dealing with. But Saturday comes and goes. And then very, very early, very early Sunday morning, Mary comes. And she goes, hey, something's up. Something's happened. Something's gone on with Jesus' body. And so Peter and John respond to this. This is what I was reading. And they go running off to the tomb. Now, i got to say this, and you'll never probably read that passage again the same. There's something really funny going on there. Because... John and Peter have been very competitive, right, throughout this entire thing. You can see they're always competing with one another. And John's writing this, and uh, he makes a point of a couple of times saying, we both took off, one of us got there first, and the other one finally showed up. I'm way faster than him. And he also says this, he says, you know, Peter goes, and then the one whom Jesus really loved, and he's writing about himself, he went as well. He beats Peter to the tomb by a mile. Gets a look in. John gets there, bends over, looks in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter finally, (laughs) finally came along behind him. He went straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And the cloth was still lying in his place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first. You see how he's making a point? Doesn't need to be said again. I can relate to that. (gasps) It's a bad joke. Also, went inside. He saw and believed. Something happened. John had looked in and he saw the empty grave clothes and he had to stop and think. And and I have this thought that he's thinking, what Avalanus would thought, listen, if somebody has like moved his body, if they've stolen his body, and this was a guarded tomb and there was lots of stuff going on, why would they take the time to unwrap the body before they whisked it away? And he's like, that's not what happened. And he gets a second look. And it says he saw and believed. All of a sudden, some of the things that Jesus had been saying that they couldn't hear because they were so convinced of one thing, they now start to sink in. Like when he'd said, destroy this temple and I'll put it back in three days. And he was talking about himself. These connections begin to happen. And those clothes that had become this sort of symbol of despair now are a picture of renewed hope and faith. He sees and believes when he sees the empty cloths. And then we have the empty tomb. And, and so what's going on there? Well, Peter and John, they don't know what to do. They've seen this. They know something's happened, but they don't know what, and they, they leave. They, they, they're not sure what to do next. I sort of get that. But Mary and some of the other women, they're not going to leave without answers. <laughs> they hang around. They, they linger because they, they love Jesus. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. And the angel says to him, don't be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. The angel tells him, Jesus isn't here. He's risen. And see, what's happened is the power of life has come and not only defeated the power of sin, it's also defeated the power of death. cross dealt with the power of sin. The empty tomb, the empty grave clothes, That's a picture that also the power of death has been defeated and it's now been replaced with the power of life, eternal 
life. And, and all of that points to the story that we understand, the, the very story that he started in the beginning where he just wants to fellowship with us and partner with us to make a difference on the planet. That story never goes away. The enemy doesn't ever win. The, we don't sort of in the future just float off to another place. The promise that we have is of new creation. When you get to the end of the book in Revelation 21, look what it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. What's happening? Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The picture is this, that that what's happening is the planet is recreated, it's renewed, it's restored. We're going to get these brand new resurrection bodies like Jesus has. Those are going to be really cool bodies, by the way. Do you know when, when Jesus gets his and they finally start to see him, they, they, they recognize him and they don't recognize him. It's only when he says their names, oh, it's Jesus. Why? It's because it's just different enough. But those bodies are so cool. So some things people are like, yeah, Jesus does eat in the resurrected body, so that's cool. But this body can just kind of show up in rooms. And, and sometimes people think, well, that's because it's like this, this spiritual body that's like Casper the Friendly Ghost. And it, it kind of drifts through rooms. But that's not it at all. The resurrected body is more real than anything you can imagine. So, so the resurrected body is just more real than the wall and can go right through it. It's more real. That's what we're getting. These eternal, everlasting, incorruptible bodies, that's the promise that we have. That's why the resurrection is so important. He's the first of many. And we get those. And then he's here, just like he always wanted to be. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I'm making the planet new. I'm making you new. I'm making everything new. And then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. That's what the power of life does. It it breaks into the scene, defeats and destroys the power of sin and the power of death. Now, the enemy is still... But he's defeated. But he's still trying to do what he can. But he's defeated. And that's what we're waiting. We're just waiting for Jesus to come back. And he's going to come back and set everything right. But until then, for all those who believe, we have access to the power of life now and forever. Now, how does that all happen? And again, it happens with a choice. See, Paul says this. He says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in that word saved is this idea of of newness and new creation and wholeness and all that goes with it. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's how we do it. He's inviting us into his story. He's done everything that's needed to happen. We respond by asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. We get a choice. See, here's what's happened. And this is really cool. So hang with me. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And here's the picture that you need to see. So way back when this mess happened, it was because people chose to take that fruit off the tree. That sin came off the tree. 
But what does God do in Jesus? Jesus becomes sin for us. And in effect, God puts it back on that tree. And all of us get a shot now at making our own choice. You can choose to go God's way. Or you can choose to go your own way. His way, yes. Your way, not so great. And that's the choice that we make. We get a choice. How cool is God that he gives us this choice? My heart is that you will choose Jesus. If you haven't before, today is the day. Now here's what we're going to do in just a moment. In just a moment, I'm going to uh, ask everyone, not yet, to bow their heads and close their eyes. Just for a minute. Don't do it yet. Just kind of give us some space to sort of connect with God. And then, if you're willing to pray that prayer with me, that just ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, uh, I'll ask you, not right now, but in a moment, to slip your hand in the air so I can see you. It's not, I'm not calling anybody up, I'm not doing any of those things, and everybody will have their eyes closed. But I want to know, so I know how to pray. And, and then I'll just lead you through a simple prayer that connects you to his story forever. And we're going to do that, and then we're going to sing. But let's do this for now. And I promise I won't keep it like this for long. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment for me? And if you're in the room today, or if you're watching online, and you would say, you know what, Steve? I want to connect with Jesus like that. I want to make the choice to follow him now and forever. I want to know the power of life and experience it with him forever. If that's something that you would say yes to today and you'll pray a simple prayer with me, would you just slip your hand in the air so I can see it? Just say, yes, that's me. Ah, hands coming up all over. Praise God. Praise God. All right, you can put your hands down. We're going to pray together because that's what families do. Just pray this simple prayer after me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let me pray for you. You don't have to repeat after me. Lord, I pray right now. There were a lot of hands that went up again. I pray that each one would know right now the amazing love that you have for them and that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would be changed forever. I pray, God, for each of us here today that you would refresh and refill and renew us again with Holy Spirit as well as we celebrate and worship you. You're so good, God. We love you so much. Amen. Can I tell you, church, that when people come and give their lives to Jesus like that, they respond to that, the Bible says that it touches off a party in heaven, that they celebrate when one comes. So we're going to hop into that party ourselves with this song. I don't usually ask you to do this, but if you are able, would you please stand and let's sing this song together. Might, but I just can't win the 
Hallelujah. Thank you so much for coming and be a part of this. And we got to celebrate this day with you. Listen, on your way out, go out these doors. There's a mug for everybody, all right? Just a way to remember. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you all soon. Be blessed. Thanks for coming.